I will forever be grateful to Jim Harbaugh for bringing three Big Ten championships and one national championship to the University of Michigan, the school that I am a fan of and right now that I am enrolled in in hopes of pursuing a higher education. But I think with the Michigan football program being an elite football program now, Michigan's once again a football powerhouse and the Big Ten in college football runs through Ann Arbor, With Jim Harbaugh obviously still interested in the NFL, allowing other college football programs to negatively recruit. The transfer portal is still crazy. Name, image, and likeness, and that whole debacle is still crazy. With the Big Ten expanding and with the NCAA, you know that they are going to hand down some kind of punishment to Michigan All those things combined and more give me the opinion that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are better separate than they are collaborating. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. Before we resume this video, even if you think I am insane, absolutely insane for that opinion, please watch the whole thing through so you can get my full opinion, analysis, reasons why I have this opinion And also hit the like button, click the subscribe button so that you can join the best Big Ten football community and channel on YouTube. We're very close to 15,000 subscribers, and I will be doing a giveaway at 20,000 subscribers. So hit the notification bell if you want to be notified for that post in the future, but also for any other community posts, which I encourage you to vote on or comment on, and other videos, which, of course, I encourage you to watch if you have time. Again, this is the best Big Ten football community on YouTube, and if you want to give support to this channel, please check out my Patreon page via the link in the description or the link below in a comment that I have pinned at the top of the comments section. And lastly, comment your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football's future in the short and long term, because that's why I'm making this video here. When news of sign-stealing allegations broke in October, I was horrified. This is now October of last season. I can't believe I'm saying last season, and I haven't even fully reacted to or processed the fact that Michigan's the reigning national champions, but I am probably going to be making a video discussing why Michigan won the national championship and tying it into my surprisingly correct preseason opinion say surprisingly correct because it's hard to predict a national champion, but I predicted that Michigan would win it all. I did, and I want to review that and also other predictions that I made in the preseason as to whether they're right or wrong. But anyway, Michigan, in my opinion, was the number one team in America from day one in 2023. And it took a lot of research, and it took a lot of trying to be objective but also allowing myself to be excited to the fact that, hey, I can objectively say this is the best team in the country from how they look on the TV screen. The fact that they are just dominant in terms of scoring margin, points per play margin, that even when they make mistakes or play without their head coach, they control their opponents like a boa constrictor controlling a deer or an antelope or some kind of prey. The sign-stealing allegations hit me right in the face and made me wonder that if Michigan didn't win at all in 2023 or they lost to Ohio State, 
that if anything since 2021 or 2022 was real? And what if it was all a lie? Well, Michigan without Connor Stallions, they went 15-0. They beat Penn State, they beat Ohio State, they beat Iowa, they beat Alabama, Maryland, Washington. They beat everyone that matters without who I disaffectionately call the sign-stealing wizard, Connor Stallions. And I am a Michigan fan who admits that Michigan did engage in cheating. Now, how much does the staff and Jim Harbaugh know? Well, I don't know the answer to that question. I know that Chris Partridge was fired relating to the whole NCAA ordeal, and I know that, of course, Connor Stallions resigned or probably was forced to resign from his post. But that, in a certain sense, was straw one, because I want Michigan not to be this ultimate bastion or beacon of integrity, because that's unrealistic, but to not violate the integrity of the game or the remaining integrity of the game with the pay-for-play and with opt-outs and other problems. There's an argument to say that regardless, the game doesn't have a ton of integrity, but that's a topic for another day. And that's not necessarily something I agree with either. It's just a thought that floats out there. But that was straw one. Straw two is not only the hypocrisy relating to that whole ordeal, but the fact that Jim Harbaugh continues to flirt with the NFL. And that Jim Harbaugh, as much as he is admirable in many ways, I like the weird personality. I am a fan of him just speaking his mind and him talking about compensating players and trying to, I guess, better structure and name, image, and likeness. I like some of that stuff. And I like the fact that he can build a great staff, that he's built a great program. I think he is an elite CEO and an elite head coach right now. But in the short and long term, Michigan needs stability. And they also need growth. It's not just about being safe and being stable because that's what got the ACC in trouble with the grant of rights. They sacrificed any upside to settle for an average. And as a result, they are now average or below average, and the SEC and the Big Ten took their stock in risk, and it's paid off massively in dividends. I don't want Michigan to be safe and mellow and 10-3 and three like pre-2021 Jim Harbaugh, but I don't want Michigan to be what feels like a, at times, renegade or dysfunctional program. You know, Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel not getting along, not communicating. Jim Harbaugh, it's the yearly question. Is he leaving for the NFL or is he coming back to Michigan? And most of the re- most of the time, the reason why he's returned to Michigan in the first place is because after 2017 or 2018 or 19 or 20 or 21, you don't have the stock to go back in the NFL. You've been out of the game for a while. And until 2021, he was underachieving yearly at Michigan outside of 2015 and maybe 2016 when he simply met the standard but didn't go above. I mean, 8-5 and in 2017, the way that 2018 ended was a disaster. 2019 and 2020, those four years were disappointing. That was below the standard. 
And 2021 was a shock. It was a welcome shock. It was a great team, near elite team, great year. But that could have been a fluke. And in 2022, the success was replicated. But from my understanding, either... I don't exactly know what happened. But Jim Harbaugh returned after 2022. He did. And now... 2023, there are more NFL head coaching jobs open, and to win a national title at the college level and to do it in the NIL transfer portal era, where in a certain sense it is sort of like NFL free agency with the portal. And Michigan's worked the portal to its success, both for the 2022 and for the 2023 season, and hopefully for the 2024 season. So he's building or rebuilding, reconstructing his resume. And there are a lot of NFL teams and NFL owners who I think are enticed by Harbaugh. But I think a big reason why he's returned to Michigan is because he wants to win a national title. Well, that's done. And also because the NFL's turned him down. Well, now I don't know if the NFL will necessarily turn him down, and he's won a national title at Michigan. The next best thing, or the only thing better than that, in the mind of most head coaches is winning the Super Bowl, and Harbaugh got close to that before, and I know he wants to do that. And that's not his fault. This isn't a I hate Jim Harbaugh video. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just expressing that I think it's better for Harbaugh and Michigan for them to part ways, for them to shake hands, to thank each other for their services, to be friendly, to praise each other, rightfully so, but to move on because Ohio State, Michigan State, USC, Washington, Oregon, Penn State, they're going to negatively recruit Michigan. And I don't know about you, but this is, I guess, straw three or straw two and a half because it's not very big. Michigan's recruiting has gotten worse since Michigan started winning. It's a very, very intriguing thing. Part of it's student NIL and the fact that Michigan's been slow on that front, but I also think that if if your head coach is interviewing to leave every year after success, you want a guarantee. If you're a if you're a kid or a young man who cares about continuity and longevity and doesn't just want to bounce around different schools to offer his services, you want stability. And Harbaugh hasn't exactly been a great guarantor that he is going to be at Michigan for the long term. And it's not just that. It's not just the fact that recruiting, like the the player talent gap between Michigan and OSU is actually widening still. Ironically, Michigan's now... They're 3-0 and against Ohio State in the 2020s decade, but that has so much more to do with Michigan's elite developmental program than it does with them having recruiting advantages. And you want both. You want the Georgia mix where they're elite at developing and they're elite at recruiting. That's the secret sauce right there. That's something that Texas is trying to tap into. That's something that Alabama had almost every year under Nick Saban, and we'll see if they have it under Kalen DeBoer. And that is part of a reason why I think Harbaugh flirting with the NFL is a drag. And I also think that Harbaugh, he's not a 
You know, he's a he's a traditionalist in a certain sense. And at the same time, he's forward thinking, but Harbaugh is very much a traditionalist in the way that he wants his teams to play ball. Ground and pound, strong defense, great interior trench play. I'm not complaining about any of those things. But in recent memory, there has been this habit of Michigan whiffing on some big-time prospects. You know, if the J.J. McCarthy's and Donovan Edwards's and the Blake Corum's of the world were in the 2022 and forward recruiting classes, just adjusting for the average rank of where those aforementioned players were and where they would be in future recruiting classes, Michigan didn't land any players that were five stars or near five stars, like a Donovan Edwards, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. He was just a few rankings away from being a five-star, and he was a five-star, according to 24-7 Sports rankings alone. But recruiting is taking, not a nosedive, but it is regressing. And part of that, whether you want to fully blame NIL, I don't think that's fair. I think part of it's the fact that you see players go to Ohio State when they know they're not going to be as they're not going to be paid as much as they would if they went to other schools like Miami or Texas A&M but they go to Ohio State to the reputation recruiting development and the staff you don't see that happen to Michigan and that's point number 3 that isn't even my biggest qualm my biggest qualm in fact is really the flirting with the NFL which ties in with the recruiting and stuff but also the immunity Immunity, asking for immunity, and wanting it in contract doesn't exactly communicate, to me at least, that you're innocent, or you're not exactly confident that the ruling will be in your favor. And I don't know, it, that doesn't, doesn't rub me the right way, that doesn't feel right, and Again, I'm not asking for Michigan to be this ultimate beacon, because I feel like sometimes Michigan pretends to be that beacon, but I want Michigan to be sound, fundamentally, on the field, off the field, in terms of integrity, or in terms of play style, in terms of anything. I want Michigan to be fundamental, and I want them to be well-grounded. Well, this is not well-grounded whatsoever, because if Harbaugh's not able to be fired for cause— then he can do whatever he wants, and Michigan will have to pay him his buyout. That's not, that's not a good deal. And I especially don't think that it is a good deal, in particular, when you have a, I think, now qualified head coaching candidate on your roster who would be honored to take over. I think Sharon Moore is ready to be Michigan's head coach, and I think it would benefit Michigan in the long term. Short term, it might hold Michigan back a little bit, but heck, in the short term, it might even be better too. But I think in the long term especially, it would be better for Harbaugh to go off to the NFL, no more flirting with the NFL because you're there, your your mind is completely focused on the prize, and for Sharon Moore, I think Moore will bring better energy because I think he wants to be at Michigan more than Harbaugh wants to be at Michigan. Moore galvanizes his players galvanizes the locker room. He helped build the modern Michigan culture where the team just 
functions like a one-man army. And he's a great developer, great strategist. I think he's ready to be Michigan's head coach. Every time, every time Sharon Moore gets promoted, he rises to the occasion. Going from tight ends coach from 2018 to 2020 to offensive line coach from 2021 to present. In 2018, the Michigan Wolverines, they ran for 203.8 yards per game, averaging 4.8 yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns. In 2019, they rushed for 151.2 yards per game, four yards per carry, and two rushing touchdowns per game. In 2020, this is all when he's tight end coach, and we're going to lean into when he's the offensive line coach. Michigan ran for 131 yards per game, averaged 4.6 yards per carry, and had two rushing touchdowns. He's promoted to offensive line coach after Ed Warner was let go, and people were questioning why Ed Warner was let go. Well, this is why. 2021, Michigan is rushing for 214.4 yards per game. Similar to 2018 levels in yards per game, much better than 2019 and 2020. Here's the difference. 5.2. 5.2 yards per carry. Better than any of those three seasons. Almost three rushing touchdowns per game with 2.8. And they're doing that with a quarterback in Cade McNamara, who was worse than Shea Patterson in an objective sense. And... He wasn't, I mean, he was better than Joe Milton and was, I think, you know, decently better than Joe Milton. But we've watched him at Iowa when we watched him at Michigan. We've seen games like against Georgia or Washington or even Ohio State where he makes good throws. But other times it's like, what are you doing? He's not, wasn't, and never will and never has been an amazing quarterback. And yet Michigan offensively flourished because of the improvements at the offensive line. They did. The running game was bread and butter in 2021. In 2022, Michigan ran for 238.9 yards per game, 5.6 yards per carry, 2.9 rushing touchdowns. Even, even better. He was co-offensive coordinator and O-line coach in 2021 and 2022 with more play-calling responsibilities in 2022. In 2023, he is the sole offensive coordinator. Now, Michigan ran for 169.1 yards, 4.5 yards per carry, and 2.7 rushing touchdowns per game. That was the worst rushing output in the previous three seasons, but still better than 2020, 2019, and 2018 from a yards per carry standpoint and from a rushing touchdown per game standpoint. I think the offensive line play in the previous three seasons is better than the three seasons before that one more was the tight ends coach. And that was with Michigan losing Olu Oluwatimi and other players along the offensive line, but I think he was the biggest loss. Several new incoming transfers. And more, frankly, being the sole offensive coordinator, he probably didn't have the same time or headspace to manage the offensive line. And yet, the offensive line in the playoff was spectacular running the football against Washington, protecting McCarthy against Dallas Turner and Braswell in the Rose Bowl against Alabama. He steps up to the plate every single time. Michigan was 14th in scoring offense this season or this past season, 
scoring 35.9 points per game, and they scored 40.4 points per game in 2022. I think it's in Michigan's best interest to hire Sharon Moore, who is a rising star and could be an elite head coach one day. Moore impressed me this season. He substituted for Jim Harbaugh four times, going 4-0 in those games, 2-0 against top 10 teams. He's only credited with the win over Bowling Green, but he was the head man on the sidelines managing that team and calling the plays and being the CEO for those 60 minutes against Penn State, Maryland, and OSU. He controlled Penn State, managed Maryland and Ohio State, and I think if you give him full time or a full preseason, but also all the time in the world to manage a team and not just a game, I think he will do great. Provided Moore can maintain the current staff as much as it is, of it as possible because I think it's the best staff in the country and then build up the staff from there as I expect Jesse Minner to probably leave for the NFL at some point in this preseason and Jay Harbaugh would likely follow Jim Harbaugh wherever he goes after all Jim Harbaugh is his father I think Michigan will be elite in the long run so that's my pitch for my opinion I think that Michigan in the long term in the distant future will benefit from a mutual, gracious, and warm parting of ways. You typically don't use that terminology when discussing a parting of ways or separation, but I think it's time. I think that Harbaugh has done great things for Michigan, and if he wanted to stay at Michigan, if he wasn't flirting with the NFL constantly, I would want him to stay. This isn't a, quote, I hate Jim Harbaugh video, close quote. That's not what this is. This is me saying if he wants to go to the NFL, let him go to the NFL because not much other than giving him complete reign over the program, which could allow him to destroy it, is going to keep him here or is going to keep him from the NFL. And even that may not, as he did not like the one-year anti-NFL clause that was rumored to be in one of the rumored contracts that Ward Manuel was offering him. So that's my pitch. Let me know what you think down in the comment section below and check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and in the pinned comment to support the channel if you so wish. Thank you to my Patreons or patrons rather for sponsoring this video. Thanks to Crash2488 for being a Heisman patron. Thanks to Spencer Bringers for being an All-American patron. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being all conference patrons. Have a phenomenal day, guys, and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.